Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Meredith Bond, and I am here as always with... With me! I'm Prue Warren. And we are separated by literally thousands of miles. You're in the Ukraine and I'm in Northern Virginia. But every every Friday we get together and have a little yap. Mary, it's very nice. It's very it's a continuity in my life that I very much enjoy. Me you too. were just telling me, you were just telling me about a continuity in your life that I am very impressed by. Share. Share with our listener. Dearest listener, can you believe it? It has been 10 years. 10 years since I began blogging. Blog by a whale oil lamp. (laughs) (laughs) It was October 9th, 2011, that I published my very first blog post. And it was on the topic of trying to teach myself HTML because I wanted to format books. Wow, that... How about that? Mary, I'm right in remembering that self-publishing really came, was possible in about 2011. Yes. You are so cutting edge. You surf that wave like a pro, bro. I had no idea what I was doing. None. Zilch. And I blogged about it for the past 10 years. (laughs) I have taken my readers... If any of them, I don't know if they have, if any of them have stuck with me since then, they would have seen the continuity of my growth as an author, as a writer, as a self-publisher, as a formatter, everything. I have explained the whole thing, highs and lows and everything. And I was looking at my, my blog posts this morning I have published 531 blog posts. Holy smokes. And You're I, I once a week. I have been blogging once a week for 10 years. Um, but I mean, I've missed a few weeks here and there when I go on vacation or whatever. Not 10 years, 52 weeks a year, 520 posts. You're at 532. Girl, you've done it. That's magnificent. And what a wealth of information that is for anybody who wants to go look. If I wanted to find your blog, Mary, where would I go? So easy, Prue. So easy. <laughs> All you need to do is go to MeredithBond.com, and it is right there on my front page, the three most recent blogs. And so I post my blog every Sunday morning so that as you are waking up and sipping your morning coffee, you can do so with me. <laughs> celebrate to celebrate my 10th anniversary i am going to be giving away something i'm thinking maybe an amazon like a 25 dollar gift card to amazon or something like that what do you think i love that idea how can people enter for that drawing oh 
easy just by commenting on my blog post next Sunday. Any comment from next Sunday? Well, no, it won't be next Sunday. That's right. You may have to cut this part. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) you missed it. We're recording early because theoretically I'm going to Antarctica in November. So we're, we're trying to get ahead. So too bad for you. But go so comment sorry, on her blog post and tell her how sorry you are that you're not entered into the $25 Amazon gift card drawing. <laughs> because that amused me. Now, Meredith, I'm going to ask you a very serious question because I've learned so much from you in the last year. Is your blog linked by an RSS feed to your Amazon author central page? I believe it is. I believe it is because... I'm pretty sure that when I set up my Amazon author central account, I said what my blog post was. How did I find that out? If I go to Amazon, sorry. Go to to your Amazon author central page and see if your blog posts are showing up there. I'm looking. it, It has my bio. It says, come visit Meredith at her website. Sign up for her monthly newsletter. Find her on Facebook and Twitter. Go look at my blog, my author central page, Prue Warren, okay. because this was something that Carrie Ray Barnum, who's going to speak to us, told yes. me to do about Amazon. Her, her theory was that Amazon is the second largest search engine on the planet. And while there is some disagreement in the community that, that Amazon will actually include your blog in its searches there's the possibility that Amazon will reach into your blog and look at what you're doing if you have linked it. So it's almost as though 10 years of your blog are keywords for Amazon to recognize your, 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 your the prime audience for you. So but I don't see yours here either because I you, see about Prue Warren uh, and then there are reviews and that's it. Customers also bought. Don't you think we should have done this before we record? (laughs) Okay. I am going to my author central page where you can see my blog post. It says author updates. Uh, Oh, there. Blog post. Duh. Right across the top. Right across the top. Now, it seems a curious thing that Amazon would go into all the blog posts that they're linked to to find keywords but if they do, under the chance that they actually would, isn't it a nice thing to have your blog linked to your author central page? Uh, then you can extend your audience that much further. Okay. So, well, then help help an author out here, Prudence. How did you do that? Okay. I'll help you out by telling you that it was a little bit complicated for me. You have to go to whoever hosts your website and ask them how to set up an RSS feed and they will tell you exactly what to do and you do it and you link it to your author central page. So ask, ask your web provider. I have an account. My, my website is on Wix. So I asked Wix how to do it and they told me and I did it. And then the information left my head, probably never even made it to long-term memory. It was in there for about three nanoseconds, and then it was gone. Okay. However, author page URL. 1980s song in the world. I'm looking on Author Central on my profile. 
And it says, add, remove, or check the status of a blog feed on your author Amazon page. Manage blog feeds. And I press a little button, and it says, unable to connect, because I have my RSS there. Then you should be able to link it up. And it says, unable to connect. So maybe I've got the wrong thing. thing. Right. Okay. Well, it's worth looking into. It's worth looking into, especially if you have 10 years of blogs that you want to make available to the world. Absolutely. Because, but the thing is, is that my blog is for authors and not for readers. Right. That's true. That's true. Maybe. But you also sell things that are for authors. You have sale things. So it's maybe not such a bad idea to do it. My blog is about five minutes old. And I've begun blogging for an audience of one. I've begun blogging for Amazon under the theory that if it does look, it wants to know certain keywords. So I've begun just throwing up blog posts with words in it that I think Amazon will like. So nice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it actually works. Well, I will I will definitely do this because you're absolutely right. I thought, see, I had put this up in my author central when I first set it up. Right. And I thought that it was fine. I last updated September 27th, 2012. <laughs> okay. Well, look at this. This is exactly why it's a useful thing to have wisdom and experience. And it's also a useful thing to uh, be an ignorant idiot who stumbles around. and Right. I mean, we're a good team. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> Okay, I want to talk. Today's topic is yes. the book creation and publication schedule. And I have put together what I think my ideal schedule is, and I want your wisdom and experience. So, I mean, it's a very good segue between here's my, here's my innocence compared to your wisdom. So can I walk you through and our listener through what I think the timing is on putting together a self-published book? Yes. Go right okay. ahead. Okay. I believe that once the book is written, right, everybody takes a different length of time to write a book. Yes. Uh, whatever it is, if you take three weeks, if you take three years, whatever it is, write the book. That's step one. And I have no calendar on that because I don't and think anybody has a calendar on it. Not only that, but some books take longer than others. Right. Right. You just don't know. You just, you just don't, know. don't know. There are a couple things at the top of my list that. I don't have a time frame for, for example, run ads for the first book in the series. I mean, that should sort of be going on uh, semi-permanently if you can afford it or sporadically, whatever, whatever your budget allows. Also, you have to identify a couple of people you need. For me, now you probably don't do this. I use a developmental editor, a proofreader, and beta readers. I don't use a developmental editor, but I do use a copy editor who does, I mean, Chris Hall, who we spoke with, she does some developmental work in there. She she does a a full edit and tells me where my characters are not consistent and where I need to expand because I write short um, and things like that. Okay. All right. When I, for my first two or three, excuse me, two or three books, I actually had all three steps. I had a developmental editor, I had a copy editor, and I had a proofreader, all three. So for a true beginner, 
if you can afford it, that's a great thing to do because it's like your college education. You are paying people to educate you and that's valuable. But if you can't afford it, do one or the other. Me, I'm doing developmental editor and proofreader. Now, I and also- beta readers, I think all, all authors should use beta readers, no matter where you are in your so writing too. career. I'm going to talk to you about where beta readers come into the series because, uh, because I have some thoughts on that. So I believe that once you've got your book, you need 20 weeks to publish. I have, I have a calendar here that's 140 days. I know you've raised your eyebrows at me. You think that's (laughs) long. Okay. Well, let me walk you through it and you tell me where I don't need, uh, that much time. Okay. I say, uh, 140 days away from publication schedule your editor and your proofreader. And you may even not have enough time because sometimes my proofreader says, I can't do it then. You have to, I'm booked up for that month. So as soon as you can schedule your editor and proofreader, of course, you won't know until your book is done when you need them. Uh, I would also, once I had had, when I put the book finished, I would get the cover designer working on the cover. Mm -hmm. And I use Kim Killian, who is perfectly astonishing. She's just amazing. All right. Now, Send the book. Here's what I, here's where you and I differ. I'm going to start by sending the book to my beta readers because I want the level of review to increase. I want my beta readers to say, here are your problems. And then I want the developmental editor to have the cleanest copy I can give so that she is working with what I think is the strongest copy. Hmm. I think you do developmental editor or copy editor and then betas, and then the proofreader. I want to swap yeah. it. I want, mm-hmm. I'm want. i going to try swapping it and see what happens. So I'm going to find three or four trusted and experienced beta readers and let them have at the very first round and let them know this is the first, this is the first hit. So right. I'm giving them 30 days. I'm giving them one month. Is that about you're, right to you? You're giving the beta readers one month. Yes, absolutely. You give the developmental editor also one month. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, okay, wait a minute. Uh, at publication minus 138, I'm sending the books to beta readers. I have a piece of paper. I'm reading off a piece of paper, so I have numbers very specific. I give them 30 days. So on publication minus 108 days, I make their edits. I give myself two days mm-hmm. to absorb the brutality of criticism and make corrections. Then. On publication minus 106, I send the book to the developmental editor. Now, I'm giving her 21 days. You say a whole month. No, 21 days is also fine. It it, okay. it depends on the on editor, the- how long she takes, how long the book is, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I send it off to her. She sends me back her edits, and I've given myself a full five days to make those edits because those are the ones that I think are the most important. So mm-hmm. now I may be possibly reshaping the book considerably. So I'm saying five days because I write fast. Okay, now we're down to 80 days before publication. I'm sending the book back to my developmental editor so she has a second shot at it to see Mm -hmm. the changes that I've made. Mm -hmm. I'm giving her another 21 days. Mm. Now She shouldn't take that much the second time through. Well, she shouldn't, but her schedule is such that maybe I need to leave her enough time to do it because she has other clients. It ain't ain't just me. So I'm, I'm leaving her. I'm leaving her three weeks. Okay. Okay. During this time, when I feel like the book is getting pretty close, I'm taking care of housekeeping. I'm getting my ISBNs from Mm -hmm. Mm Bowker.com. I'm deciding on my pricing plan. 
I'm writing the book description. Yeah. Selecting keywords and categories. Mm -hmm. Then once I have the cover back, and since I sent the cover designer to work on at, at 140 days to go, and now we're in 80 days to go, the cover designer has had well over a month to work her magic. So once I have the cover, the description, and keywords and categories and a pricing plan in the ISBN, I upload a primary version for pre-orders to all the sites I want to sell it on. And I do that because I want the buy links. I want to be able to say, here are my buy links. And I'm thinking specifically, the problem is Apple, which takes sometimes can take 10 days before they will dust off your, you know, they'll, they'll cut over their fit of vapors and put your book up so that you actually have a link to your pre-order book. So then at 70 days out, once you have the buy links, and the cover description, the cover and the description, then you schedule promo stacking ads. And the reason I'm saying that is I was looking at the schedule last night for new in books. Um, Written Word Media has several newsletters, new in books, Red Feather Romance, and Bargain Booksy. And those are all really powerful sales techniques. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Bargain Booksy has one to, I, we are you and I are recording this on October first. The first day they have available for a bargain booksy ad is November twentieth. Wow! So they are easily almost two months out from wherever from wherever you are. So if you want to do a bargain booksy ad, which costs in the romance category two hundred and twenty dollars, the romance deal of the day, uh, you need to you need to have all the information to post that promo stacking ad as soon as possible. So my theory is that 70 days out, that's not, that's not too soon. So it's worth it to do all this jumping up and down in order to get uh, some promo stacking ads. So that's well, my goal. You don't, you don't need your, your finished manuscript in order to put the book up for pre-order. No, you need a cover. You need the book you description. And you need the buy links because they will say, Yes, you can, you can, we will, we will accept your ad for which you are paying a small fortune. Tell me the buy links right now. We will not accept them later. You must tell me all your buy links right now. Absolutely. But you, you can get those buy links without having a finished manuscript. Right. Because you've uploaded a preliminary version of your copy to book platforms so that you can get the buy links. So So you can technically, you could even put your book up for pre-order at the same time that you send it to your developmental editor. You could, you absolutely could. I, I decided that under the, under the insecure theory that the developmental editor read it and said, honey, this ain't it. You got to ditch this one uh, that I would wait for one round with a developmental editor before I did all that. So all of these steps that I'm taking are while the, the developmental editor is going through round two. So mm-hmm. I, I okay. it's like waiting for three months to tell people you're pregnant, right? You don't know, you know, there's three months. That's, that's <laughs> a time. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting until I know I have a viable book that's actually, I'm going to keep going. Okay. So uh, day 59, my, T minus 59 is um, two days to make the developmental editor second edits. And then 
I do the sandblasting draft where I take out all the words that clog up my writing like that and actually and you really don't do that before you send it to the developmental editor? No. Because if you don't, she should be catching those words. Well, I will tell her not to because there's enough rewriting going on in this that if I sandblast before I send it to the developmental editor, I'm wasting another two days because I'm rewriting everything. Wait a minute. You're rewriting everything based on, based on the sandblasting or based on the, the editor? Based on the editor. Right. The editor says, uh, here's what's wrong. Fix this. And I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose I should be sandblasting every single round. But yeah. final round is the round before it goes to the proofreader. Okay. When I two days and go through my list of things that I say too often, and I take all the passive voice and make it active voice, and uh, I do all the all the things that will make me sleepy sitting at the laptop, but that make the copy slippery. So I gave myself two days for that. But you're right; I should do it before every time it goes to somebody. I should do it. Then I send the book to the proofreader. That's at launch minus 55 days, and I give her 21 days. Right. Now, I clarify who wants to be an ARC reader at this point uh, by writing to my inner circle of people on my subscriber list and saying, will you be an ARC reader for me? Will you, If I give you a copy of the book for free, will you read it and promise to post a review when it goes live? Mm-hmm. ARC stands for Advanced Reader Copy. Is that right? Yes. Ad- yes. You copy. Advanced Reader Copy. Advanced reader copy or advanced review copy. Right. So uh, the proofreaders edits come back to me at 34 days before publication. And I make those edits, which are always commas and make me insane. They're very boring edits to make, but they're very critical. Uh, and then the next day, which is 33 days before publication, I, I do what Meredith Bond taught me to do. I clean it. I format it. I use vellum to generate the final book. Now, I've given myself two days for this task because also in this, in this chore is that I have to go through and add my front and back matter. And you and I are going to do a podcast on what gets included in front and back matter. Hopefully, I want to include the first chapter of my next book as a yeah. lure. I want to include all the buy links for all the books in my also buy section. Mm-hmm. I want to create an advanced reader copy version that includes the epilogue that I use as a reader lore. And then I want to clean, format, generate a separate epilogue only for emails. Now, once all that's done, I upload it. I upload the final copy. This is 31 days before publication so that my ARC readers are seeing clean copy. Because I didn't know this schedule beforehand, my ARC readers are currently reviewing books that have not yet been proofread. So what I'm hoping to do is change that. I want my ARC readers to see a proofread final copy. I'm uploading to all of the sites that I sell on. Although for my next series, Mary, I'm going to go KU. I think I'm sick of and Kobo and Barnes and Nobles and Publish Drive. I'm sick sick of it. (laughs) So in this case, I'm uploading my ebook to KU and Ingram Spark. Uh, and setting and, and saying once again, this is pre-order. I upload my art to book funnels so that people, my art readers, can download the actual book. Mm-hmm. And I upload the epilogue to book funnel, which is my reader lore. And then I write down all those links, and I have all those links 
sitting in a file. I do the print version to KU, but don't publish it because we're still 31 days out. And note the size of the book and the number of pages so the cover designer can create a back cover and a spine that will fit the printed book. Mm-hmm. Then I get the, once I have the size of the book and the page number, I get the cover artist to finalize the print version of the cover with the spine. So I started the cover designer at day 140 and the cover designer doesn't really finish up until around a month out because I don't know how long the book is going to be until then, the print version. The very next day, 30 days out, get the book to the ARC readers and give them 30 days to read it. Maybe revise the last book with a sneak peek of this book if, mm-hmm. if I haven't done it already. And then tell Amazon which categories I want since I have done my category research. I add the buy link for the new book to all my past books if I can bring myself to upload new versions of past books. And then when the print cover is final, upload it to um, Kindle Dark Publishing and still keep it on hold. Getting close. We're getting close. <laughs> Two days out. Now make the print version live and publish it. I'm publishing my print versions two days before my launch because people can't get it, right? People always like, why can't can't I order the print version? Amazon won't let you order a print version. You can only order an e-version, which is annoying for all the people who want, I want a print, I want a paperback. They don't let people buy the print version when you publish it? No, no, no. You can't pre-order print. Oh, no, you can't pre-order print. But once you publish it, then they can... Even yeah. no matter. Well, I'm to do it two days out so that people who are the few people who are still frantic for print beyond the day or the day before, I'll sell a lot of books in those critical days. Publication day minus one, email the ARC readers and remind them to post their reviews tomorrow on whatever site they prefer. Uh, if I'm going KU, I only want them to publish on Amazon, but they could also publish on Goodreads or BookBub. Then I'm going to add. The I'm going to add the link to, I need to update my newsletters auto welcome series. So new readers get an automatic bounce back that says, here's the epilogue you wanted since you signed up for my newsletter. Here's what I, <laughs> this is a slight divergent. Uh, my newsletters have had up to five links on them. You can download the epilogue to sin. You can download the epilogue to dash. You can join the you decide. You can reply to me. Uh, and I'm getting caught in spam folders. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to have one link at the bottom of my newsletters that says, here's the secret subscribers only link to my website. And on the website, there's everything. Here's all the things that you might want to do. Here's your free epilogue here's how to sign up for this that and the other so i have to i have to build that i need to put it in the auto welcome series so that someone who buys the new book will be able to immediately gratify their desire to read the epilogue and download it immediately then on publication day publish the book and then i mail the epilogue epilogue link to all the subscribers on publication day so that they don't have to be denied that uh, and I figure I'll apply for a BookBub feature deal for the first book in the series. Wow. 140 days. That's a lot. It is. How would you shorten it? How would I shorten it? Would let ARC readers read an, unpubli- un- an, unproofed, an unproofed version? Exactly. That is exactly what I was going to say. If you send it to the proofreader at the same time as the ARC readers. Mm-hmm. 
And just tell all dark readers, this is an unproved version. Yes. Now, my schedule, which which would give the ARC readers a proofread version, is quite long. But having just gone through, uh, you know, the multiple births of three books in three months, I'm no longer persuaded that I can endure publishing very, very rapidly. It's it's hard on a it's you know it's, it's hard on the furniture. Maybe it's not such a bad thing to take 140 days. If you want to write three books a year, some of this can have overlap because while you're doing all this, you're writing the next book. Exactly. So I'm not, so, I'm not convinced that I need to shorten it. I am not convinced that I, yeah, go ahead. No, um, I, I am agreeing because as you, during that 140 days, you can write another book. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. These should overlap. And actually, the other thing is, is that you are waiting until your book is completely finished before you're even scheduling with your developmental editor. Uh, Yeah, you're right. You're right. And you can do that beforehand because you should have a good idea from the time you write the black moment of your book you should have a good idea how long it'll take you to finish. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that starting to schedule um, 140 days away from publication is the minimum. I think if you can do it sooner, you should. Right. So I'm thinking before you even finish writing the book, you should be emailing your editor and your proofreader saying, I am this many days out from being done. Right. What's your schedule like? Well, you're assuming that all authors write with such consistency that when you get to the black moment, you're like, well, two more weeks to go, or well, it's only another three years until I hit the end. (laughs) Writer, do it as soon as you can, whatever that may be for you. I believe in my ignorance that when you write the end, you're 140 days away from publishing Meredith would say more like 110 days from publishing. Yeah. So three to four months of hard work, three to four and a half months of hard work. Well, hard work interspersed with long periods of idleness. (laughs) See, that's the thing is that you've got three weeks there when your manuscript is being edited or proofread or beta read. You've got big chunks of time. When you're not doing anything but waiting for it to come back and praying that they're going to like it. Right, right, right. And some of that time should be for mental rest and percolation of the next story. But some of it can be used writing the next story. Yes, and it should be used writing the next story. I mean, it doesn't. I I think that if you can stop for a little while, your next story will be better. Stop for just a little while, unless it's burning in you, unless your ideas are just flowing out of you as fast and you can't control them. You have to write them down. I think that if you can take two or three weeks not to be working on something, if it's not your day job and you need to pause for a little while, I think that's very valuable time. Let you feel life fallow. <laughs> Let the reins of your creativity wash across the landscape. You don't have to write all the time. 
<laughs> unless, unless it is your full-time job. And if you don't write all the time, you can't pay the mortgage, in which case, yum, you will get up there. <laughs> I don't know. For me to get as many books written a year as I want to, which is usually three books plus a novella a year, which is basically what I've been able to do for the past few, three, four years. In order to do that, I need to write, start writing the next book the day after, or maybe two days after I finish the last one. That seems so fast. Yeah. That seems so fast. That seems really fast to me. I, that, that looks like exercising every day. Your body needs time to recover. I think your brain does too. But here's the question. And this is where I think it it varies so much is how long does it take to write a book? Because if it takes you three years to write a book, then uh, your goal is different than if it takes you three weeks to write a book. So Exactly. And you write really fast. I do not write as fast as you do. It takes me two to three months to write a book. So I need to keep going if I'm going to get as much done as I want. Well, that's, see, that's, I think that's the gem. You know, doing this time as I'm writing all three books at once. <gasps> I'm going to write, uh, I'm writing all three books at once because I've decided that I want the opening and closing scene of all, this was your idea. The opening and closing scene of all three books is the same scene, just told from different points of view, which is something that you have led me to. Uh, so I figure I better write all three of them at once so that I know what's going on in the minds of the characters, right? When that scene happens. So, I'm doing I'm doing them simultaneously. Wow. And can you keep the three books separate in your mind? Can you keep all of the characters going? My books are not very sophisticated, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say this one is the emotional woman. This one is the tough, strong one. This one is the spirited one. I can, so far I can, whether it will last. I don't know. And probably what will happen is I'll get going on one story and focus on that for a couple chapters. But but because I want them to check in with each other periodically, I need them to catch up. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping I'll be able to do all this is like idiocy. Don't publish three books in three months, you're a fool. Don't write three books at once, you're a fool. You don't <laughs> know these things until you do them yourself. It requires innocence and naivete. And after I'm done, I will be experienced and say things like, just write a book. Just write one book at a time, you moron. God. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see what happens. I have never tried to write three books or even two books at one time because I am a very single-minded person. When I do something, I do it fully with my full self, my full mind. I'm completely involved. I do not stop until it is done. And so I don't know that my brain could split up that way. I like the split. I like the split. I'm, I think I'm very different from you. I'm very fractured and I get easily distracted. Look, a bird. Um, <laughs> but what I discovered when I was writing uh, the last three was that every time I got an idea for book four, book two was still in development. I was like, oh, my God, I got to build that into book two. So because yeah. it was going fast, I was able to, I had the time to layer in little sort of, I got to set this up in book two and finish it in three or finish, right? Uh, so I don't want to 
be backing up over that. I want to try writing three books at once so that I can layer all those details in together. Meredith, I'm an idiot. I'm a fool. We'll if it happens. works for you, Prue, that is fantastic. <laughs> I, I do that layering in and I will go back, you know, I'll, I'll take a pause in book four and I will go back to book two and write, put in that scene that need that references what's going to happen in book four. And I, I will do that. I will just keep going back and doing it. And but then not at a- the end, I'll pull out my hair trying to coordinate all of my calendars. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've already published it, you can't. Oh, no, I don't publish it until I've finished writing all the books, but I write them sequentially. Ah, means that my poor readers are stuck for almost a year with no publication. Really? Yes. Oh, I thought Amazon wanted me to produce books at a steady rate. I they that do, made- but, but because my books overlap in time, it's just, it's not going to happen. Oh, so you're doing the same thing. You're just writing the books sequentially. Yeah. Meredith? It's fascinating. All right. We've gone way over our time. (laughs) Next week, uh, you're going to walk us through the heroine's journey. We did the hero's journey, which is classic archetype, but you have, you've got insider scoop. You've got a heroine's journey. Well, I have read the book, the heroine's journey, and I have looked at it and I am so looking forward to discussing it with you. So that is your homework crew. You need to read the book. If I read the book, Meredith, then I won't be astonished when you tell me. <laughs> make promises. I make no promises as to whether or not I'll be able to read the heroine's journey. I'm writing three books at once, for God's sakes. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't remember to brush my teeth. Okay. <laughs> I will do my best to read the heroine's journey. Who wrote it? Gail Carriger. Gail Carriger. I'm writing it down. E-A-R-R-I-G-E-R. She also, she wrote, wrote the Parasol Protectorate, which is theme punk Victorianish fantasy that is beyond belief fun. Oh, excellent. Excellent. All right. I'm looking up your character. It's, it's far more likely I'll read the steampunk fun than I will the heroine's journey. But never mind. <laughs> this is like, cool. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> focus. Focus burdens. All right, Meredith, you have been very kind and listened to me ever on for a really long time. Congratulations on 10 years on your blog. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's exciting. It is exciting. And it's uh, it's an impressive tenacity. Yeah, girl. Hold on tight. It makes me feel old. <laughs> feel old, it should make you feel wise. Well, no. Yeah. No, it doesn't make me feel wise because I share all of my idiocy with my blog readers. But look at where you are now. I mean, you had to learn HTML and now you don't need to. You're already you're already there. Uh, Yeah, you're wise. You're wise. You cannot avoid your status. You're a wise woman. (laughs) Old crone. I love being an old crone. Okay, Meredith, I will talk to you next week. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks so much, Prue. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. 
But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.